0: and WNYV, Whitehall, Glens Falls. It's 8 o'clock.
1: Good morning. This is Northern Light for Friday, February 9th. I'm Monica Sandresky.
0: And I'm Todd Moe.
1: Now the current Plattsburgh Mayor Chris Rosenquist says he won't run for re-election. Democrats are rallying behind retired corrections officer Wendell
2: Hughes. Wendell is the type of guy that he can bring everybody together. He will, he will make the people come together, and he will really do a fantastic job.
0: Our series on love stories continues with a New York City transplant who fell in love with the North Country as a student at SUNY Plattsburgh.
3: So in Thanksgiving time, when I went home uh, for Thanksgiving, I told my parents, I'm taking the rest of my stuff. I know where I'm going to live for the rest of my life. And that was 1970, so... <laughs>
1: And if you need weekend plans, we've got you covered. We'll take a look at an art exhibit in Plattsburgh and music to close out the Winter Carnival in Saranac Lake. All of that's coming up on Northern Light. Stick with us.
0: broadcast of Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio is supported by the Depot Theatre in Westport, inviting all to take a journey without leaving the station. Learn more at org, And by CECOM Credit Union, serving the financial needs of people throughout northern New York and northwestern Vermont, in person, online at org, and on your smartphone.
1: This is Northern Light. I'm Monica Sandresky.
0: And I'm Todd Moe. We'll kick off the show in Plattsburgh. The announcement that the city's mayor won't seek another term has set off a race for Plattsburgh's top job in November. Whoever wins will be the city's fourth mayor in four terms. On Wednesday, Democrats rallied behind a candidate. Kara Chapman was at his introductory press conference.
4: As Wendell Hughes takes to the podium outside the Clinton County Government Center, he's flanked by several current and former politicians and local Democratic committee members.
2: It is with great excitement and enthusiasm I stand before you today to announce my candidacy for the mayor of the city of Plattsburgh.
4: The 56-year-old Democrat says he's a lifelong resident of the city. He lives with his wife and their two rescue dogs in the South End. Hughes is a retired corrections officer and has served as the Clinton County legislator for parts of the town and city of Plattsburgh since late 2020. Hughes says he decided to run on Saturday, the day after current mayor Chris Rosenquist announced that he will not seek re-election this
2: November. I, I truly feel I can come and bring something positive. Hopefully, my, my, my goal is to be here in four years and saying, hey, look what we've done.
4: Reached by phone, Mayor Chris Rosenquist said he had no comment on Hughes' candidacy. The fellow Democrat says Hughes called him, and he offered education and information if Hughes needs it for his campaign. Rosenquist also says he hopes whoever the next mayor is carries forward the work started by his administration. That includes improving biking infrastructure and the city's parks, waterfront development, and city hall repairs.
5: A lot of these projects are, have been community-driven. We've had a lot of community feedback for where our residents and voters want Uh, our city to go. And I think that's a mandate for the next administration coming in.
4: At the press conference, Hughes didn't provide specifics about his plans for the city. He says those will come at a later date. But he did say some of his big priorities include economic development, affordable housing, and youth recreation.
2: I aim to leverage public-private partnerships in an effort to provide services and opportunities while being fiscally responsible, which is very important to me.
4: Democratic candidates have a big advantage in Plattsburgh. According to the Plattsburgh Press Republican, the city has more than twice as many registered Democrats as Republicans. There's still a good chunk of voters who are registered with other parties or no party. David Sulier the fourth chairs the City of Plattsburgh Republican Committee. He told reporters Wednesday that the GOP doesn't have a mayoral candidate yet.
2: Um, as we've told the media before, we're looking for a candidate that'll promote, um, you know, the issues that city residents care about most, affordable, available housing, Um, access to youth recreation, public safety, um, and addressing of the migrant crisis and how it affects those issues. Um,
4: Hughes' candidacy is already affecting other city races and highlighting existing tensions between the current mayor and city council. City Councilor Jeff Moore and fellow Councilor Elizabeth Gibbs initially weren't planning to seek re-election, but Moore says they both changed their minds when they learned that Hughes was planning to run for
3: mayor. I cannot think of anyone better qualified to hold this office. Thank you, Wendell, for coming forward for the citizens of Plattsburgh.
4: There was a lot of symbolism at this press conference. Half the city council, two former mayors, county legislators, local Democratic Party heads, many of them talking about consensus. County legislator Bobby Hall says Hughes can do something that hasn't happened in the city in a long time.
2: Wendell is the type of guy that he can bring everybody together. He will, he will make the people come together and he will really do a fantastic job. Current
4: Mayor Chris Rosenquist and some of the councillors, like Moore and Gibbs, have butted heads over some big issues over the years. For example, the two councillors opposed Rosenquist's push to demolish the Crate Memorial Civic Center. That ultimately moved forward. Their opposition later tanked a deal he supported to bring a hotel downtown. Rosenquist says despite the occasional clashes, his administration has still gotten a lot done. And he says opposition from councillors is not unique to his term.
5: I uh, look at all... Previous administrations, there's always been contention between the council and the mayor's office. Uh, that probably won't change. There probably will be some contention between any new mayor coming in and the council.
4: Asked how he plans to build consensus with the council, Hughes said the first thing he did when he decided to run last weekend was call all six of
2: them. I think going forward, I think um, I can be a positive influence on the council, with, um, and I think we can work together.
4: Susan Moore is Councillor Moore's wife and the chair of the Plattsburgh City Democrats. She says the committee has yet to endorse a mayoral candidate. That'll happen later this month. But she says no other Democrats have stepped forward to run for mayor yet. And she looks forward to helping Hughes run for office. He's a good candidate. He's a great candidate. I think, like you said, the, the people that were here today, I think that shows what kind of a person he is. He... Candidates interested in running for mayor can contact the city party committees or the Clinton County Board of Elections. The petition gathering process starts on February 27th. Kara Chapman, North Country Public Radio, Plattsburgh. Mayor Chris Rosenquist says he's been approached to run for a seat on the city
1: council. It's currently held by one of his frequent opponents and a fellow Democrat, Councillor Elizabeth Gibbs. Rosenquist says he hasn't decided if he'll enter that race yet.
5: I think for me, it's a matter of weighing is that does that accomplish the goal that I want to accomplish uh, serving my community? Um, that's what it comes down to. Uh, and does it accomplish what I want, the, the goal that I have for my family as well?
1: Rosenquist says he wants to spend more time with his family, including his six-year-old son. He says that's a big reason he's not running for mayor again this year.
0: This is North Country Public Radio and Northern Light. It's 8-8 on this Friday morning. I'm Todd Mo,
1: And I'm Monica Sandresky. Coming up, John Warren checks trail conditions for us in the Adirondacks this weekend. That's in just a few minutes here on Northern Light.
0: Music by the Wickmore Jazz Trio out of Plattsburgh. Northern Light is supported by Adirondack Foundation, making grants to nonprofits that address community issues of child care, attainable housing, career pathways, basic needs, and more. Adirondackfoundation.org. And by NCC Systems, protecting North Country businesses and homes for 50 years, offering cameras, security, fire alarms, and entry control. NCC
1: Governor Kathy Hochul says the state is doing plenty to help New York City provide shelter for migrants. The governor made those comments Wednesday after she was asked about New York City Mayor Eric Adams's request for the state to pick up half the city's shelter costs. Hochul said she had sat down with the mayor and came away with a different impression.
5: He sat right in this room with me and thanked me profusely for the support of the state of New York for what we've been doing over two years, $4.3 billion. Uh, so he did not put in that request to me.
0: Adams told lawmakers at a hearing Tuesday that it's only fair to split the bill 50-50. But Hochul said Adams isn't taking into account hundreds of millions of dollars the state is spending on three temporary shelters.
1: At the same budget hearing on Wednesday, Hochul also pushed for uh, her affordable housing plans. She brought a bunch of actual carrots to symbolize her courting lawmakers to reserve hundreds of millions of dollars for local governments that build new housing.
5: I'm told this is what you're willing to eat to help build more housing. And I've got 600 million carrots out there on the table.
0: It's a stark contrast to last year when the governor said an incentive-based approach wouldn't be enough to tackle the state's housing crisis. Lawmakers rejected Hochul's previous plan, which would have required all local governments to approve new housing. Otherwise, they would have had to give up a local zoning authority.
1: A new state law will require businesses to include any credit card surcharges in the prices they display. That means customers in New York won't see one advertised price and then be surprised by extra fees when they go to pay with a credit card. The law will also prevent businesses from making customers pay more in credit card fees than they're actually being charged by credit card companies. Businesses will have the option to show the credit card price next to the cash price or, ju- or show just the credit card price itself. Governor Hochul said the law will improve trust between businesses and customers and make it easier for people to budget when they shop. The law takes effect on Sunday.
0: The old Kraft cheese plant in Canton is losing its manufacturer for years. The facility has been one of a handful in the U.S. to clean cheese boxes for dairy manufacturers. Catherine Healer reports the company that was leasing the building is leaving and laying off its North Country employees.
6: A long, 100,000-square-foot building sits between the train tracks and the Grass River on Buck Street in Canton. Kraft Foods made cheese there for decades until it sold the building in 2004. A Missouri company bought it back then, and the building became a plant that cleans and reconditions wooden boxes used to hold cheese as it ages. In the summer of 2022, a company called Tosca began leasing it. It's one of only a few places in the country that cleans these boxes, but not anymore.
3: After one year of operation, the... Tosca company has decided to take a different direction.
6: That's Dan Huntley. He's the liaison between the building's owner and the local operation.
3: So they've severed the contract of reconditioning at this location. As a result of that, uh, one week before Christmas is when they closed this facility in Canton.
6: Tosca employed 15 people at the facility. Most have been laid off. The building's manager said just a few are still working to finish up tasks. Huntley says according to the lease, Tosca owns the reconditioning equipment inside the building and the company is taking it with them.
3: That's what their mission is right now is to get all the equipment out of here so that no one else can compete with their reconditioning business.
6: Tosca didn't respond to a request for comment. Huntley says the closure of this facility could increase transportation costs for dairy manufacturers in the Northeast. The closest facility like this in the U.S. is in Green Bay, Wisconsin, a thousand miles away. But an official at Agrimark, which makes cheese in Chateguay near Malone and in Middlebury, Vermont, said in a statement that they haven't experienced any changes from Tosca. And the company is working with Agrimark to make sure it's not negatively impacted. As of now, there aren't plans to fill the Canton facility. It's a massive space specifically for dairy manufacturing. Patrick Kelly is the CEO of the St. Lawrence County Industrial Development Authority. He says the idea is to find another dairy-focused use for the plant.
3: And ultimately, you hope to find something that employs as many people as possible, puts the facility back into use, keeps it on the tax roll, and and makes it an asset to the community, the county, and, and the region.
6: He says that means reaching out to companies and groups in the dairy and manufacturing industries for now. Kelly says it may take a while for these things to happen, and he says it's important to keep an open mind for new possibilities for the space too. Catherine Wheeler, North Country Public Radio, in Canton.
0: The zoo in Watertown's Thompson Park will be open on weekends the rest of the winter, according to the Watertown Daily Times. Visitors will be welcome at Zoo New York between 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. The zoo will also be open for those hours during the week of the February school break. The reopening comes after the Thompson Park Conservancy announced in October that the zoo would be closing indefinitely due to a lack of funding. After the announcement, the local community came together and donated over $45,000, but zoo officials say they'll need another $75,000 from the city to stay open through the busy summer season. The city has assembled a task force to try to keep the zoo up and running.
1: Some people have deep roots in the North Country. They have big families here, maybe even have roads or towns named after their great-great-grandparents. But many people fall in love with the place when they move here and put down new roots.
0: That's what happened to Andy Sager, a retired high school teacher who taught in Peru and lives in Plattsburgh. He fell in love with the North Country when he was 18 years old after
3: a childhood spent just outside New York City. I grew up in Westchester uh, in a little town called Pleasantville. I loved the outdoors. I loved hiking and, and sailing and climbing. And so I would spend a lot of my time driving when I got old enough up into the high peaks. So I always had this affinity for the North Country. When I applied for colleges, Plattsburgh State happened to be the one uh, that had uh, a decent astronomy program within my intellectual capabilities at the time. And uh, I came here. And then uh, that first few weeks being able to just leave the campus and go to the lake or go up into the mountains. And I had a bunch of friends that we used to go climb poke moonshine all the time. Uh, and I said, this is great. You can have all this, you know, classroom work and study, but you had a great physical release. So in Thanksgiving time, when I went home uh, for Thanksgiving, I told my parents, I'm taking the rest of my stuff. I know where I'm going to live for the rest of my life. And That was 1970, so (laughs) 54 years. (laughs) Andy Sager also met his future wife at SUNY
0: Plattsburgh. They've been married since 1972 and have lived in the Plattsburgh area ever since. They're both big lovers of winter, the outdoors, and the Plattsburgh
3: community. And the community here is by far one of the best because of the college and Because of the airbase, you had a great diversity. So you had different points of view. So everything was always exciting politically and also intellectually. Also, as an earth scientist, it's very safe geologically. We have good weather patterns. The ground is very solid and safe. So we live in a place that's environmentally uh, pretty steady, even though people may not see it that way. When I was a kid, I thought I was going to live on the Upper West Side with a view of the George Washington Bridge and do something in the city. That's where I thought I'd end up. But coming here to Plattsburgh State just changed all of that.
1: That was Andy Sager telling his North Country love story. Amy Feieraisal recorded and produced this piece. We'll be airing love stories tomorrow and next week until Valentine's Day. They were all submitted or suggested by North Country listeners, so thank you so much. And most of them came through our texting club, which is one of the big ways our newsroom connects directly with North Country residents. If you'd like to join, text the word NEW, that's N-E-W, to 315 Six seven eight nine two seven seven <laughs>
0: You're listening to Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio. I'm Todd Mo,
1: And I'm Monica Sandreski. Coming up in just a minute, we'll take a look at some of the events going on throughout the region this weekend. Then stick around after the show up for Bird Note coming up at 842. But first, Todd has a look at the weather.
0: Spring-like weather today and tomorrow mild temperatures highs probably reaching into the 50s for much of our region this afternoon cloudy skies and some scattered showers light winds out of the south lows mid-30s overnight tonight tomorrow again highs in the upper 40s near 50 with some scattered showers possible again saturday about a 60 70 percent chance of showers tomorrow and again lows in the 30s overnight. Sunday, uh, cooler with highs around 40 and maybe some scattered snow showers in the morning. And it looks like highs in the 30s for the early part of next week. But today and tomorrow, highs in the 40s and 50s, partly to mostly cloudy skies, maybe an occasional rain shower. Right now, 42 degrees in Canton. John Warren checks outdoor conditions as we head into the weekend.
2: On Saturday, sunrise will be at about 7.03 and sunset at about 5.18. Well above normal temperatures are expected this weekend, with the possibility of some rain by Saturday afternoon. Cooler air will be arriving late this weekend, with the possibility of some mountain snow showers early next week. High peak summits will be breezy this weekend, with winds 20 to 30 miles per hour and temperatures in the mid-30s. Trail conditions remain icy across the region, carry traction devices and snowshoes. There remains about 8 to 12 inches of snow at most lower elevation locations in the Adirondacks and 10 to 12 inches in the central Adirondacks, including at the base of Whiteface, in Indian Lake, Newcomb, North Hudson, and over at Tupper Lake. There is about 2 feet of snow at the Colden Caretaker's Cabin and as much as 4 or 5 feet of snow in places at the highest elevations. Many waters remain open and all are above normal levels for this time of year. The warmer days we're encountering are going to keep ice very hazardous and raise the levels of rivers and streams. Be aware of thin ice this weekend. The ski trail and passes are skiable beyond Marcy Dam, but little other backcountry skiing can be recommended as conditions are very thin and icy. If you do go out, stick to smoother early season terrain. Cross-country ski areas are generally hanging on, though set track is at a premium. Lapland Lake near Northville is a notable exception with almost 20 kilometers of track set. There is also about 45 kilometers of skate track set at Garnet Hill near North Creek. There should be some early spring conditions at downhill facilities. Whiteface and Gore will have plenty of terrain at all levels, though no glades or slides. Oak and Macaulay still have plenty of beginner and intermediate terrain. They're skiing the lower mountain at Titus. And Hickory Mountain in Warrensburg will be operating this weekend with the handle tow. Snowmobile trails are in very marginal conditions if they are open with icy areas and water holes. Trails in northern Herkimer and Hamilton and southern St. Lawrence counties are open. Those are the outdoor conditions in the Adirondacks this weekend. For North Country Public Radio, says John Warren from the New York Almanac. Online at newyorkalmanac.com.
1: You're listening to Northern Light right here on North Country Public Radio. It's coming up any twenty-five before too long. I'm Monica Sandresky here with Todd Moe. I want to remind you about a couple of events going on uh, throughout the region this week. And it all starts this afternoon in Keene Valley. Join host David Summerstein for a live broadcast of the Beat Authority this afternoon from 3 to 5 at the Mountaineer in Keene Valley. It's a kickoff for the Mountain Fest celebration of winter in the Adirondacks. We'll have prizes and giveaways And you can do a shout out live on the radio And of course we'll be spinning great beats From all over the world for a Friday afternoon That's a live broadcast of the Beat Authority Today from 3 to 5 At the Mountaineer in Keene Valley
0: Cabin Fever concert series continues at traditional arts in upstate New York, Tawny in downtown Canton. Join John Kirk and Trish Miller tonight, seven o'clock at the Tawny Center. Uh, the acoustic duo, um, that's John, uh, primary vocalist and fiddle and mandolin, and Trish on banjo, guitar, and some fancy footwork. They've been performing around upstate New York for over three decades. Old-time music mixed with originals and Celtic and some humorous selections as well. That's John Kirk, Trish Miller, tonight, 7 o'clock, the Tawny Center in downtown Canton.
1: And tonight is also the opening reception of the new exhibit at the Strand in Plattsburgh. It's called Eloquent Visions, Honoring the Rich Tapestry of Black Artistry. I'd caught up briefly with the Strands Gallery Coordinator, Elsa Koop Angelicola.
5: So this particular show, there's seven artists. Winosha Steele, she is one of the artists that's in the show, and she is also our education coordinator. She was the one that kind of spearheaded this show and what, like, the vision was to basically bring more attention to black artistry like kind of in this area and some of the artists are local some of them are not local but it's a very diverse group with all different mediums all different subject matter and um trying to find trying to find the right wording it's it's very rich could you describe
1: one of the pieces or one that's been striking to you i think
5: let me see. Um, there's there's many that I was very drawn to when I was like looking at the work and Winosha's pieces, her portraits, I maybe I'm biased because we went to school together and I've known her for a long time, but her portraits of her like her self portraits are very striking to me. They always have been. I feel like they convey a very powerful message just about, you know, who she is as a person and her personal experiences in her own life and Joel his sculptures also his are very they're very raw can you describe the
1: sculpture for me that you're looking at
5: the one that i'm looking at right now it's it's like a it's just a head it's made of metal and other like found i believe he uses found objects they're just different pieces of like scrap metal and things that he kind of contorts and puts together to make a figure. And all of the, all of the artists, they're all very different. We have two portrait artists, two sculptors, one 2D artist, and then a painter and, a, and another multidisciplinary artist. We have seven total. For gallery goers, what,
1: what do you hope for them? What do you hope they take away from it?
5: I think the experience of it and being able to witness something very different than what we're used to seeing especially in such a small town i think it's very important for people in this area to gain that type of exposure to different types of artwork that they might not typically be used to seeing and i forgot to mention that all of our gallery openings they are free and open to the public
1: Elsa Kub and Jacola is the gallery coordinator at the Strand in Plattsburgh. The new exhibit features the work of Joelle Taneo, William Ransom, Thomas Gerard Green, Elizabeth Marquez, D. Wolf, Taki's Walter, and Winosha Steele. The new exhibit is "Eloquent Visions," honoring the rich tapestry of Black artistry, and it opens today and runs through March twenty third. We're going out on a little bit of music today from the group The Big Takeover. They're closing out the Winter Carnival in Saranac Lake tomorrow night at the Waterhole. This is their song, Shy.
0: That's it for Northern Light for this Friday, the 9th of February.
1: Morning edition continues in just a minute. Then after that, it's the Marketplace Morning Report coming up between 8.51 and
0: 9 o'clock. I'm Monica Sandreski. I'm Todd Moe. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Be well.